0: community network
1: you're listening to the umami podcast conversations with producers purveyors and scholars exploring food choices we make as a culture i'm elise ballard and i'm here with my friend and co-host chris feifle thanks for being here Chris, did you ever see that episode of Portlandia a couple of years ago now?
0: Is it the one with the chicken?
1: The one with the chicken, where they want to know where the chicken was raised and whether it had a nice life. And they go to the farm and they end up joining a cult as a result.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always wondered if uh, if it matters, if that um, animal was sad or if it was happy before it was slaughtered. And it's kind of a, a hard reality when you decide that you're going to be eating meat, that that's the end to that animal. Does it make a difference?
1: Yeah, it's an easy thing to make fun of. Definitely. (laughs) Yes. And it's even easier to make fun of because it's just really hard to face that reality every time you're confronted with a meat decision. Um, But that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have a conversation with Eiko Vokovic of Skagit River Ranch. Um, There's a small but really mighty family farm with grass-fed and grass-finished cattle and pastured hogs and pasture raised poultry and eggs, and they sell at the Seattle neighborhood farmers markets and some of the co-ops around the Puget Sound. And I'm just really excited to talk to her.
0: Well, at least let's talk to Aiko.
1: Well, thanks again. I am. Um, I'm just gonna, by way of introduction, just um, tell you that I have been seeing you for at least two decades i've been coming to the farmer's market buying your bacon buying turkeys around the holidays i mean i just and i've even been to your farm a few times to tour and i I, i've been there you know back in the day when george gave the tour and i remember specific things he said even about like your pigs and the the woods that are kind of at the back of the property and the revolving chicken coop is another thing that i remember i think there was some sort of like circle um built out of the grass that was uh designated as like as like a
2: grounding area for oh yeah that's like that winter uh, sanctuary yeah that's like, mm. it's like what they call sacrifice sacrificial field yeah and ah. then we do the rotational um uh grazing so we just go move them around yeah okay. that's basically joel salatin's method method okay tell us about joel salatin he is a good guy. I actually, he's been to our farm before, and he's written numerous books. So anybody who is trying to do pasture raise uh, livestock, he would read all of his books, which we have too. And I know him personally. And and uh, 2019, I think if, mm. if I did a pilgrimage trip to Joe Salatin's farm. I figured this might be the last year, and I, I thought my husband was gonna. Uh, Can't farm anymore. So I said, I can't do it by myself. So I thought maybe I'll be out of farming. And so Mm. I went over there. I'm going to see what Joel's doing. And uh, that's what that trip is the one that convinced Nicole to get into the farming. So because she came with you. Yeah, she did. She did. And and Joel Southern sitting and looked at me and said, What are you doing here? You know,
0: how old was was Nicole during that trip?
2: Oh man it was 2017 she was uh just out of college i think it was like it was uh yeah she was young um well she's still young but um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but right (laughs) at that right at that age where she's making decisions on on what she wants to do with her career and and one of the questions
2: exactly that was a um you know farming you can't force anybody to do Uh, you just have to want to do it and otherwise that's a yeah. question
0: I have for you is how do you um, facilitate any kind of heritage farming or any kind of lineage in farming and, uh, you know, um, uh, it, by not forcing it or, to, you know,
2: inspiring it? Go ahead. You know, uh, farming was not sexy before. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's still not when you really get right down to it. It's it's a hard work. But you have to kind of love what we do, and mm. and um, Nicole grew up in us farming around yeah I think he, she was like 11 years old when she first did the farmers market with me. And okay, and I think she at 12, she did her own market at Mount Vernon farmers Market on her own, oh. and we will drop them off and there. And then all the ladies just protect her. And yeah, and I don't know, maybe sold a farm on us, but she was doing it, you know. <laughs> I and remember I, seeing
1: her there, certainly over yeah. the years.
2: <laughs> so all the customer kind of grew up watching her from high school to college. To um, so she, and then she went to a nutritional school. Uh, mm. She was a certified nutritional therapist. We came after school after college and said, so <laughs> at school they were teaching what we were doing at Skagit River Ranch, I said, well, I know all that stuff you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it was pretty interesting how the, um, how farming can, can be so different than conventional farming. What we do Mm -hmm. is for so different. And, and she actually, through Joe Salatin, you know, it sometimes takes other people to kind of convince what we do.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
2: uh, and so she kind of a um bought into that in 2019 she sure became full-time instead of going to a law and small enforcement career which i was glad she didn't do that you were
1: <laughs> yeah i read that in the uh rebecca den article that was written right. i guess about a year ago huh or maybe two uh, yeah um, maybe two yeah rebecca is
2: great person yeah she's she's mm. wonderful
1: yeah, that was a, such a, a wonderful article for us to read and, and give us a sort of an update about what's been happening with you. Uh-huh. So on that note, can we go back and just talk about how long you've been around and, and how you got started and how you ended up where you are now? Those are big questions, I know, but um, yeah. as you see. Fit.
2: It was a long time ago. 1998, I think, was the first year we got certified organic and we so we started farming a few years before that and um, George had a a cow actually it was a wedding present from a friend of ours and and a red a red colored red angus cow and Mm. that was the beginning of a herd that was like a long time it's almost 25 years ago and and that's how we started and and um um, we had a conventional farming thing going, but then he developed a heart condition, mm. and it was based on food. And then he, he and his brother researched grass-based farming had to be a lot more nutritious. So we sold our herd and started a grass-fed beef cattle ranch. That almost twenty years ago, and then we stayed with it, and and this is not a joke it is uh, a grass uh, face grass-fed pasture-raised cows has so much better nutrition great for the animals better for us and and i we stuck with that for 20 years 25 years now and we still believe that well
0: you know i noticed on your website that you say um uh, grass finished um and i was wondering is uh, is that indicating that prior to that the the livestock is you know fed you know whatever milk or, or you know they're natural and then you transition over to the to uh, grass finished
2: well no it's uh, of course all the cattles are grass uh, um fed when they're born they they are um they uh, you know drink mother's milk and they're on the pastures they'll eat grass when when things happen bad things happen to the cows is when they go to um slaughterhouse i mean that's slaughterhouse, lot of house but careful that um concentrated um house where they go uh f- fed horrible grains mm. for the last six months of their lives uh-huh. that's the uh, what they call kfo you probably mm-hmm. guys know that and uh we don't do that so we basically finish um there are fed grass all their lives they finish on grass on the pastures I and see. of course in a in winter time we don't have grass growing so we basically put off the hay during the summer and that's what they're fed in the winter
0: are there any nutritional supplements that um that kind of livestock uh, require uh, alongside Absolutely. yeah and, and well and- you
2: need to know you need to know the soil first of all mm. when you are um a pasture raised you know livestock grass-based livestock farmer uh, you have to know what nutrients are rich in what and what is lacking. Like mm-hmm. we have a, a soil scientist um, test our um, soil periodically, probably every every three years or so. Supplement like for for example, boron sometimes mm-hmm. is missing. Uh, that lime's missing, and within organic standards, there are certain minerals. That we can supplement most of the mostly it's uh, um, sea salt and oh. and uh, um, seaweed.
0: Oh, interesting! We oh. give them,
2: yeah, and they are that's nutri- really nutrient rich. It's we are really lucky because um, it's uh, Skagit River Basin. We flood, which is not a good idea for flooding. However, flood brings all the minerals oh, from the river yeah. to the soil. So it's all these. Delta all over the world in Delta area in the river basin, they are very um fertile farm ground. There's a reason for that because of the minerals and so we are rich in minerals and and so we have one of the what they call sweetest grass oh wow in our area Pacific Northwest and they have the best grass around and we do too and um if you uh, think about the road on the riverbank, we might lose a couple of acres. We have a good grass, but we are losing, losing a lot. It's, yeah. so it's, well, yeah, it's a feast, um, feast of famine, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> Literally, it, I guess, in your business. Yeah,
2: it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but part of the problem is that we run into an elk problem uh, and... and we can't touch elk because it's belong to the state, but they do an incredible damage to our field. Of course, they would rather be on our grass because we yes. tend to our grass, you right? Goods. And so they come to our field, eat our grass, and we estimated about 60 grand a year of grass. <laughs> oh, wow. it's, it's, so we try to make a living. That's not easy, let no. me tell you. Mm. It's really hard for a state to do anything. I mean, we probably need an eight-foot eight maximum security fences to get keep those big elk herds out, but we don't have the money to do that. So basically keep fixing the fences and, and uh, you know, cursing at those animals but it's really hard
0: <laughs> what well, are there other kind of techniques that you can use um and I'm comparing this to like keeping ducks out of a pool you would string up you know reflective uh, tinsel so they, for some reason they don't like to be near that um natural remedies is mm. there anything that you can sprinkle the ground with hey, to keep out or is I it, it I
2: tried everything I had a, okay, <laughs> I went to, uh, I I tried a uh, uh, what was it? oh cougar urine um oh. plays oh my goodness i tried everything i mean i i have a documentary i can tell you what <laughs> i'm trying to do no way they if a herd of 200 elks with a big bull comes through there and nothing stopping them <laughs> oh yeah
1: wow, wow. God, that's just such a that's such a picture of of the variables that you are dealing with every day, and that 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 are what make it interesting. Yeah, how, I weird. really, I mean, how could the the meat tastes of that complexity? I want to say, and that reminds yeah. me of your bacon. I I don't mean to reduce it to just the bacon because that's, that's- too easy, but boy, it is it is spectacular. And the other meats um, of yours that I've cooked, I mean, so much beef. Um, it is, it, it, it just has a complexity about it. And I feel like that is manifest in these difficult stories, like the story of the elk and that sort of thing. Um, I had on my list of questions to ask you, what are, what were some of the close calls? How, what are some of the things that have just being so difficult to overcome in the almost 30 years that you've been doing this?
2: Uh, well, a couple of along the way um, we had a, uh, let's see, 600 chickens stolen one, one year. Mm. I, I, I just think how can anybody steal 600, but it did happen. And, wow. and um, it was just a, um, chicken that just started to lay, so they knew what they were going for, and they over because they're free range chicken. They're outside, you know, and mm. and uh, they come in a hundred at a time in the bucket and back of the truck because they're defenseless at night. And they over the over the five six days they disappeared, and that took us about thirty five thousand to keep that to that laying stage. Oh, there's egg layers, and uh, um, that almost did us in. They said, well, we can't do eggs now. And, and the customer of ours decided to made a, um, a GoFundMe thing on on her own. Uh, I, I didn't ask him anybody to do that. She just decided to do it. And they raised $35,000 in mm. probably 20 days. Wow. So that I can replace the chicks. And, and of course, it, it takes another six months to do it. But it didn't. Um, do us under, and and if it was, and then second, the biggest thing is my husband got very ill. He he no longer farms, and I thought that was the end of the our farm. Mm. Uh, he has uh, kidney transplant complications, and and uh, um, he's in California now with his sisters, and it can't really do much. And he's got to be staying away from farm for the uh, fear of infections and stuff. And um, I thought that was the end of that. And my daughter stepped in. And so it's uh, uh, my daughter uh, and I. Those are two women team now. And over the years, you know, she um, learned all that stuff from dad and uh, and me. And it, uh, she stepped in. She's a, probably one of the best livestock operator that I've known. Uh, probably, I some areas I think he's better. She's better than her father.
0: Do you think some of her interest um, in nutrition uh, was because of? Uh, Uh, George's illness when she was younger
2: I I think so I I I think so and then um it's her nutritional interest is that um George kept talking about soil (laughs) and how that affects the animals and people and and it was just that we were um inundated with those information. So mm-hmm. uh, it was really natural for her to learn about nutrition. She's very good at it. And then watching the cattle, how she handles it. And of course, we have streamlined our operations and, and mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's smaller. We're female operators, you know, so any, any bullies in the, uh, in the herd, they went, they were called. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Bye bye bye. We only kept the gentle ones. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> so we wow. have a gentle animals, and they, we you know we always um, you know there's three principles in, in our farm, and it was a humane treatment of the animals was number one. Mm. Two was a you know sustainability of the farm. You can take 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 from the land and expect it to you know have a bless us you know, and then third was organic in that order. So human treatment of the animals are important. And so when we're treating animals, uh, we have to know how to read them, right? And and because they can't talk to you, but then why would they just follow us? We don't have a cattle prod. Mm. Uh, We just uh, do the rotation of grazing by calling them. Mm -hmm. They just come to you because they know, they know the master's voice and they will come to you. They know they're going to get fed, right? And you know, Rotational grazing is that um, um, top 10 inches of grass is the most nutrition nutritious in the grass. So you move from field to field to field almost maybe every other day so that they can eat that top 10 inches of grass. They get all the nutrients that way, and they know that. So they stand at the door, and they ball said, hey, it's time to move, Ma, you mm. know, kind of. And so you don't need a cattle prod
1: because they're enticed toward the, the greener grass, the yummier yeah. grass.
2: They know we're going to take care of them. Yeah, you bet. And chickens
1: are part of that rotation as well. Is that right?
2: Yes. It's, uh, um, um, we don't exactly do what the uh, Joe Salatin uh, does, where you go from the field of a chicken into the cows. We have uh, chickens for the field, um, field for the chickens, and then we they rotation um rotate within that field um because of the um land restrictions we don't have that huge acres of the Shenandoah valley Mm. in our uh, backyard but um they are um 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 fed grass on our field on their own field and they are um they're not ruminant animals so they get organic grain but Mm. they are um outside and and then truly um, in the wintertime we give them alfalfa pellets um, so that they have a green grass. Okay. and that's important for them. Yeah. And then when you know they have a, a uh Institute did the uh, testing of the um, eggs. You know, they do it all around the nation actually. We got picked to send our eggs to them and stuff. And um, in order for them to call it you know like organic omega-3 eggs you have to have a like 120 gram minimum per egg to get the that label like we had certification over yeah, yeah so we we didn't don't have a certification but they tested it mm. they had. And we had over 300, and we beat Joel (laughs) Saladin's eggs. Did you you send Did you send him a a card? Yeah, that was like a, you know, that was we're really proud of that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big deal.
1: (laughs) Well, that's great. I I want to also ask a little bit about. I want to ask this open-ended question, which is, what has changed? I mean there are a bunch of ways to go about answering that in terms of you personally in terms of the ecology of the farm in terms of the animals you can answer it in whatever way you see fit but what has changed
2: what has changed compared to when
1: in the 30 years that you've you've been farming oh uh, 25 <laughs> 25 sorry
2: I'm, I I'm getting older if that's what you're asking mm no question, and uh, and and um, I'm turning over the rain to my daughter more and more, mm. which I'm really happy about. Um, she's very good, and uh, in the next uh, we have she has a, a sixty month sixty month old son, and she got another one on the way. Ooh, so that's a dynamics <laughs> of the farm will change. They're boys, mm. but uh, um, and she wants to keep the. Uh, farm, she wants to keep farming. Um, but I think this um, direction will probably change. Um, mm-hmm. I think you'll uh, get smaller in size, more efficient in size, so that it'll be man- manageable for her and her family. And, uh, um, and as to what that would be, I don't know. I am taking the sort of back seat now more to be in a um supporting role rather than just running it yeah
1: how does that mm-hmm. feel for you feels great it does there's it, it a yeah. wel- welcome change <laughs>
2: yeah i think so don't mm. don't get me wrong i am pretty yeah. uh, headstrong so i mean i've been mm. doing that all my life so um she will tread lightly on those areas i think <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, i'm i am uh um, turning over the range more. And, um, you know, it's like a, when we um, were doing the cattle um, handling and stuff, we used to walk the field all the time and things like that. Well, they got this, what they call mass pasture map. They're oh. on their phone. They know where the cattle are on this compi- on their little iPhone. Wow. Uh, oh, damn technology.
1: It does it. Oh, happen. my goodness. It, it,
2: it, before, it was like a go look. Go look in the field, A. Mm, right. You know? <laughs> it's not that. No, Mom, it's right here. That's, oh, a, that's a huge oh, change
0: eight. in tracking yeah. your
2: livestock. Yeah, wow. that's
1: Especially and with
2: three hundred cattle. Is that what Oh, I- yeah? It's a three hundred plus and it's a lot. And in a pandemic changed a lot for us too. Mm. And I, I thought, um, I wasn't sure whether we we're gonna make it through pandemic, but we uh, turned it over to um I, uh, I had a really good IT guy, and he and I came up with this online order stuff overnight. I think I, I don't think I slept for three days and changed that to online orders. Now, we have about 2,000 email customers mm. that I send out email. Tell them about the farm. People like that. I think yeah. people yeah. like the uh, pictures of the cows, the newborn cows, babies, whatever. Uh, and. Uh, um, and I tell them what the, uh, what's going on at the farm, what's coming up, chicken slaughter's coming this weekend, things like that. And um, that became like a core sales for us, which mm-hmm. we can have. George probably don't even know what that's all about. You know, and <laughs> right. so, yeah, so so things did change. Um, that was a one good thing out of pandemic. I think mm. and we are connected with customers more through that way. What's your
0: range that you can uh, sell product to um, throughout the country?
2: Like Just how far can you go? State.
0: Washington state. That's Excellent. it. I love it. I'm yeah, here. yeah, you don't
2: want a, a carbon footprint that long. So that right. much.
1: If you're about not creating carbon footprint, it makes sense that you wouldn't ship things across the country. Uh, uh-uh.
0: And do you know what that, that brings me to... Um, everything you've said there uh, about scaling and how easy it is, how easy is it to scale uh, a ranch either going up or coming down? And is it just um, related to how much land you have?
2: It is land bound. Land uh, is a restrictive uh, um, effort because we are um, pasture, uh, pastured livestock. So cattle, Mm -hmm. you need about an acre of land per animal to finish if you're going to do it right. So there's no way we can we can you know scale up to do huge anything which we don't want to anyway. But scale down is another. Um, it's a five year process, three to four at least mm. four year process for that because we don't uh, buy any cattle on uh, auctions, anything like that. It's all in um, in the house line breeding. So we have little babies, the earlings, and the mother cows, and they're all. We have to take care of all of them Mm. so that you need a you need a um, land to take care of all those animals. So you can't really scale down that fast either. And so it's a three to four year process if you are to scale down in in any way. Um, You know, we used to have 600 when George was running it. So we did scale down quite a bit and that's about the right um, ratio. She might want to scale down a little bit more, but I don't think that much more.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And is it would that be what um would be considered an a nefarious upside to um more factory farming and um uh, maybe more uh, hormones and supplements in that direction uh, where you could get now two cows to uh, to an acre because you're you know, influencing them, we'll say.
2: Yeah, I well <laughs> If you want to do factory farming, I mean, you can confine those animals and start feeding grain. And you can do it in 101 acre land. And, oh. you know, uh, yeah. so, uh, um, you're not, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. There's no way. I mean, I'll quit farming before I do that. And they talk about the, uh, uh, you know, uh, MRA vaccines and stuff like that too now. They talk about, and uh, no way am I going to do that either. Mm. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, we, we we just and we have a customer base that absolutely believe in us and that we, you know, we sell farming um, method, but we sell our trust is what it is. Mm. They trust us. That's why we do what we do. And they're not cheap product because we yeah. can't afford to get any cheap. Cheaper we, than we.
1: we have this thing that comes up in every episode where we have to talk about why good food cannot be cheap food. And I think this is that moment in this conversation. Um, it's just, you've, I think, given us an idea of just some of the things that go into the raising of every single animal and the, the food that goes, the food supply, the plants that you, that you grow as well. Um, and I think that's, that's the most inspiring thing about this. Is there, um, is that sustainable? And what I mean is like economically sustainable. And I think it is because you've been doing this for 25 years. Does it continue to generate? Is it sustainable in terms of longevity?
2: I I hope so. I mean, ah, you are not getting rich doing this. But um, when you think about the industrial farming, you know, there's somebody, I think there's an article. I don't know whether Joe Salatin wrote it or not, mm. but... If you have a government subsidy on grain to feed those animals, ground beef will cost about $10 a pound <laughs> that mm-hmm. they're selling at 99 cents a, a dollar, right? Yeah. And a pound. It, it's just because it's a kind of artificial government subsidy. We don't get any of that. We don't get any subsidy. So everything that we charge is we pay for it. We grow them um, and expenses comes out. Our salary comes out, and then we sell them. So okay, um, so in zero it-
1: subsidies. There's there's no sort of support you can apply for as a small scale farmer like you.
2: Like no, yourself. they won't give it there. Now there ain't none. <clears throat> there. Ain't- That's why um, you know, like a land. I mean, how expensive the land in Skagit County? Even, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about fifteen thousand dollars an acre. How can a young people um, start a farming? You think about it. <clears throat> you need a million bucks to buy a land Nicole is lucky because we have the land, and so she's basically taking that over but mm-hmm. unless you have that I, I you know I don't think you can wow. that's just there's, no,
0: there's no more entry point into it
2: it, it I think they're um, you know like a um bombing, uh, uh, communities is trying to get the young people like a um like in Skagit county they have like a, um, um some um startup program for young farmers to do that but we need more than that because our uh, generation is getting older the f- uh, farmers i think average farmer is like close to sixty years old mm. you know what i mean no young ones coming in there we need more and if you are, uh, you're talking about the food security it's a scary position for us to be in does the
1: farmers market and the farmers market economy that is we're starting to get a little taste of, especially in the sort of coastal cities of this country, offer some area of hope or some area of resilience that that hasn't existed before.
2: In a Pacific Northwest, I think it does. OK. We have incredible far- farmers market, which it's, it's envy of, of the of the country, really. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there are there are staunch supporters. I mean, their customers are our customers are incredible. I mean their family. Yeah. I mean who can, who can raise thirty five thousand dollars because I lost chickens. Yeah, that's yeah. A you think about it, you know, and they are um and I my customers are like um I fed uh, their a uh, couple, their children, their grandchildren come around and saying, "I just want you to know, they grow up on your meat, da, da da da, that kind of thing." I mean, that's family issues, right? And it's that's why we keep farming. I think that's why Nicole keeps farming. Um, you know, I so we're not going anywhere for that reason. I think it's just the customer, and I think you're right. Uh, Pacific Northwest, this area farmers market gives you hopes um, for the future. I think.
0: Do you have any, um, that, that was beautifully stated by the way. Um, and I'm wondering, do you carry a peace of mind with you knowing that you have all these skills to raise food and also to feed other people with your skills?
2: Yeah, I do. I uh, I think it's, uh, um, I don't know if I can find uh, my own food. I, mean, I, I garden, I can. I'm basically, it's a sustainable, I, I you know, I, I can probably fifty quarts of uh, veggies and food every year. Mm. And so, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Side note Do you have any uh, uh, fun little projects That you work on Just for just for uh, you know shits and giggles um, Like you said Just a, maybe a flower garden Or um, uh, certain areas of, of your land That you have just for your own enjoyment Or your family's enjoyment
1: Other than canning
0: 250
2: <laughs> <laughs> or is, is it all I, canning I, I do, It's a canning I, room, isn't running, it? but I, I love canning So that's just <laughs> <laughs> That's my, job, my That's my hobby And then hmm. I play guitar Acoustic guitar oh. Oh, cool. That's my that's my hobby. All right. Yeah, that's
1: great. Oh, that's a great answer to that Is question.
0: It, any uh, specific corner that the acoustics sound uh, better?
2: No, but the cows don't complain when I play against <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. They're, they're my audience. So, I mean, they don't complain much. <laughs> they are happy
1: cows, I'm sure. If they get to hear that music, that's great.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've, we've run down quite a bit of my questions and okay. I got to say you've answered them with such uh, um, tenacity and grace.
1: Yeah, thank you Um, so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate a a nice, candid conversation. And uh, I'm sure you've answered some of these questions over and over again. Um, I I don't necessarily have another one, but I would like to say I I went all through your website and there was just some wonderful information on there. And, uh, you know, it even stated, you know, that you're in nine or so stores where people can go out and get goods other than just the farmer's market and the online, um, online orders.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I hope uh, they take advantage of that. And, um, you know, I <laughs> that was a, that was my uh, master's degree at work, man. Okay, to, <laughs> is that right? In what way? <laughs> well, you have to kind of uh, know how to uh, write intelligently. Mm. Well, some of them are not very intelligent, but anyway. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> to get with the
1: PCCs and the co-ops and
2: the things right. like that. Yeah, sure, yeah, you know, I just... I told uh, I told my uh uh um I think I told Nicole if I knew uh the running the numbers of financially before I started started the farming mm. I probably won't even um be in farming but it's too late because my heart and soul's into it now you yeah. know
1: well that is obvious it 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 feels you know it's clear every time I encounter you at the farmers market and in this conversation it has very much um, I love the idea of getting to talk to you again with Nicole, but before sure. we go, tell us a little bit about your, you're and Nicole's sort of partnership. Now you have a relationship as mother and daughter as well, but in terms of your partnership, this is just a, 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 is this a new way of sort of running the business, the day-to-day operation, as well as the sort of oversight, the things that you were talking about, like with PCC?
2: Yeah, she's, she's really, um, she gave me a a coffee cup one, a couple of years ago and said, if you, you want my mother, you still be my best friend. Mm. So we have some incredible, incredibly close relationship, which I'm very lucky. Uh, She's very gracious. And um, she knows that I'm getting older, but she also very graceful in not stepping on my toes or um but gently guiding in the right direction for the future and i think uh, um um you would enjoy talking to her so you should uh you should uh get her on the phone again
1: we should do that yeah Mm -hmm. she's always seemed wise beyond her years i've I've encountered her over and over again over the weeks at the farmer's market and Yes, she's always been serious and, and sort of had this sort of heft about her, like, way that she is. It's really beautiful. So yeah. I'm excited she's to talk old soul. to her, too.
2: Yeah, she's an old, soul, old soul. soul. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs>
1: cool. Well, so just to recap, so it's it's uh, it's at the, usually, usually at the, the University Farmers Market that I see you. You're also at the Ballard. Where else? Right. That's it. Those okay. are the
2: only two markets we do now. Okay, Mm-hmm. all
1: right well hopefully we'll get some people to come and see you at both of those places
2: yeah thank you for what you do oh appreciate yeah no, thank you that's great words appreciate that for the farmers yep. mm,
1: great i'll say hi next time i see you at the farmers market
2: you do that okay and then Chris, you go come uh uh see me too because i hear your voice but i don't see your face so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm looking forward to it
1: umami podcast is produced by tne networks find us anywhere you get podcasts and on instagram at the umami podcast also don't forget to check out our website where you can find tons more resources about today's subject while you're there consider supporting us with a small monthly donation or one-time gift and please tell a friend about us you're listening to the tne network